You've probably heard me talk about my dog, Jackson. He's my baby boy. And as he's gotten older, he's gotten really finicky about eating. He used to get so excited about food, he'd literally spin. Well, not anymore. In fact, I often have to spoon feed him to get him to eat. Well, no more. Not since we started feeding him fresh food made with whole ingredients, backed by veterinary science. It's Nom Nom. Now, I actually tried making food for him myself. I'd cook up big batches of chicken or beef with vegetables and rice or potatoes. But without knowing what I was doing, he wasn't getting the vitamins and minerals he needed and certainly not in the correct balance. That's all changed now with Nom Nom. Go to trynom.com, T-R-Y-N-O-M.com slash Nicole. They'll ask you some questions about your pup and tailor a specific amount of individually packaged Nom Nom meals and send them to you. By using my special URL, trynom.com slash Nicole, you'll get 50% off of your first order, plus free shipping, and it's a great way to help support this show too. Again, that's trynom.com slash Nicole. plus Nom Nom comes with a money-back guarantee. If your dog's tail isn't wagging within 30 days, Nom Nom will refund your first order. No fillers, no nonsense, just Nom Nom. This is Jackson Brown, and you're listening to The Nicole Sandler Show. Hey, this is John from Five for Fighting, and you got my buddy, my longtime friend, the lovely Nicole Sandler. Hi, this is Donald Fagan. And this is Walter Becker. You know, Steely Dan, and you're listening to Nicole Sandler. Hey, this is Jake Slechter. John Munson. Dan Wilson. We are Semisonic. And you're listening to Nicole Sandler. Hi, this is Melissa Etheridge, and you're listening to my friend, Nicole Sandler. Hey, how you doing out there? This is Ziggy Marley, and you're listening to Nicole Sandler. Hey, everybody, this is Pat Monahan from the band Train, and you're listening to Nicole Sandler, my favorite on-air personality. The Nicole Sandler Show. Music to my ears. Hey, it's Nicole Sandler. Welcome to the weekend. Well, it is Friday afternoon, and after this week, I think we could all use an escape. So... I'm out tonight seeing Melissa Etheridge in concert here in South Florida. I've been a fan of hers since hearing Bring Me Some Water when it was first released in 1988, and have had the pleasure of meeting and seeing and interviewing Melissa many times in the years since. So I figured that while I'm out enjoying her music tonight, I'd share some of our conversations and a few live songs with you too. Since we usually talk politics here, I thought we'd start with an interview I did with Melissa Etheridge on Air America Radio. It was just three weeks before the 2008 presidential election, Obama versus McCain. Melissa had performed at the Democratic Convention just a few weeks earlier, and she joined me to talk politics. It was October 16th. 2008 on Air America Radio. Good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you Good. for doing this today. I really appreciate it. Oh, sure. I wish I could help you out tomorrow, but it's my kid's birthday. Oh, well, happy birthday. Guess my birthday is November 4th. Oh, cool. All good. That's a good time. <laughs> well, you know, Ronald Reagan was elected president on my 21st birthday. <laughs> so I think it's about time for to go full circle and, and pay back now. Oh, this is it, man. Right? So, wow. Barack Obama elected president on my 49th birthday. It's just, Happy it, it's karma, birthday. right? <laughs> it's got to happen. It's happening. It's, it's going to happen. Well, it's so good to hear from you. We, you know, we spoke many times years ago in Los Angeles when I, when I was doing music radio. And now that I find myself doing political talk and dealing, not, not to say that music's not important because it's, I mm-hmm. think, vastly important in our lives, but mm-hmm. with, um, the the way the world has deteriorated, especially in the last eight years, um, this is something that directly impacts each and every one of us. And we're both involved in a different way in, in politics, trying to affect change in the world. And you've been out there. I, I was thrilled to see you at the Democratic Convention performing. And you did such a magnificent medley of songs. Uh, did you have you been performing that was God bless America, the times they are changing, give peace a chance and born in the USA. And I just love did you do that specifically for the convention or is that something you've been doing? Oh, no, I've never done that before. Specifically for the convention. I felt like this was a moment in history. One, I, I totally felt a part of history and that, that's an amazing feeling. And I hope that we can all feel that way on November 4th or before. You know, if you can get out and vote early, do it. Um, yet I, I think we're all in the midst of history right now, and I wanted to be there. I wanted to be there not 
because I'm a celebrity or a musician. I wanted to be there because I am a an American citizen. I'm a mother. I'm a person that is very concerned about this country. I love this country so much. It has given me... I mean, where else could a big old lesbian, you know, a woman become a rock star, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> only in America? Uh-huh. And... and I love this country for that, and I know we can all do better. And I, I loved when Barack said we can do better, and that's why I showed up. And I and I made the the medley because I, I it wasn't about me. I didn't want to you know do come to my window or something. Mm-hmm. I didn't, that that's not right. I wanted to be a part of what was going on. I wanted to inspire. I wanted to try to touch upon the feelings that were there. And God bless America. First of all, I, I'm just tired of people saying that the Democratic Party or liberals in general are godless. Mm -hmm. It's not true. We're very spiritual people, and we do, we have a God, and we believe in in this spirit and this God, and and we want this God, this spirit, to bless America. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, that came from my heart. I wanted to first pronounce that. I wanted to say we are a, 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 a party with spirit. And then um, the times they are changing, I wanted to remind those of us and, and others who are older than me that, that this has been going on for a while. For 40, 50 years, we've been trying to to bring a peaceful change to our country and to the world. And it's the same message. It hasn't gone away. It's the same thing we've been we've been negotiating and fighting and, and trying to to bring this change about. And it's it's that's what it is. That's why I did the times they are changing and mm-hmm. give these a chance. It's like... That's what we're talking about. These things didn't go away. Bob Dylan, John Lennon, those things are just as um, important today as they were then. And then, born in the USA, you know, we are proud. We're proud American citizens, and we know that we are making an historical change, an historical statement, electing Barack Obama to be our candidate and I just, I, I wanted a, I wanted everyone to be able to stand there and sing Born in the USA. I was born in the USA mm-hmm. and, and sing it with, with pride and, and hope. And this time, it's okay. I mean, you got to remember back in the 80s, of I course, know. I just said Reagan elected on my 21st birthday, yikes. And he tried to uh, hijack that song and Bruce said, uh-uh. Uh-uh. That's happening a lot this year. We're having McCain trying to use a lot of musician songs, and we're getting a lot of uh-uhs. And I loved, I loved Anne and Nancy oh, Wilson. That letter even was the best. Before the convention was over, had a, a cease and desist <laughs> oh. on, do, you may not use Barracuda. <laughs> and they've it still done it. But I, yeah, I, I mean, I'm loving it. I'm loving that artists are using their voices to yeah. to speak out. Um, You know, I sort of bemoaned the lack of protest music over the last decade yeah. or so uh, because it, it's been absent and you hear a lot of the republicans just saying well those people they're just you know they're just musicians or actors and what right do they have to speak out and i think my god these are the people who know how to use their voices to um to to say things to impart a message in a wonderful way and and you're the ones who should be speaking out and using your celebrity and using your talent to to put forth these messages. So I love that you're doing it. I love that Bruce and Springsteen and Billy Joel are doing concerts for Obama. James yeah. Taylor just announced he's playing five free concerts in North Carolina to support right Obama. Bob Dylan, who, you know, has always been known sort of as a political poet, I just heard had never before endorsed a presidential candidate until now, and he endorsed Barack Obama, and I love hearing this. It gives me chills. Well, there's there's a feeling in in the entertainment community that yes, our job is to entertain and and not to preach. Mm-hmm. Our job is to entertain. Yet we are the mirrors of society. We have seen our industry sort of float off into this fantasy Paris Hilton, Britney Spears world. And those of us who write from our hearts and souls and from what's happening, and, and, and we, uh, we are mirrors of society, we um, have become very alarmed. And when we saw the crucifixion of the Dixie Chicks, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, wow, this is important. And these people who have been pillars of the musical society and industry come forth and said, no, this is the single most important election in our lifetime, we're showing up and being there. And it is the single most important election in our lifetimes. And the fact that 
you know, no matter who was your first choice in the primary season, we have a wonderful candidate in Barack Obama. And I think, you know, just watching him last night in the debate, I, I was so proud. I mean, seeing the comparing the two sitting side by side, it, it just you mentioned something at the beginning of this conversation about how, you know, a lesbian can become a rock star only in America. Well, how amazing is it that America is the first country, the first uh, Western democratically controlled country to knock on wood elect a, yes. a black man as, as president as their leader i mean look how far we've come in such a short time that's what i think we need to hold on to mm-hmm. we have been so fearful that that we're going to just slide we, we've seen the the floor fall out below us in these last eight years and then it's filled with fear 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 every day just the red alert and the fear and 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 going like calling us backwards supposed to go backward and even through that we have used our democracy to find what we believe to be the best candidate to bring this country forward and it's an african american mm-hmm. and we have overcome our incredibly difficult racial divides that go back thousands of years you know it's just unbelievable we've pulled this fear system out by its roots and said nope we know this is the best guy and that's what america is about that you are judged by your character mm-hmm. not by what you look like or your sexual preference or your religion anything right now it's about you we've still got a long way to go i mean hearing just some of the attitudes out there but the fact that that today barack obama is 14 points ahead in the cbs la times poll or whatever is is you know what we can do this i was honestly a little worried when it was apparent that he was going to be the nominee saying i know we've come a long way but are we there yet well that's that's the fear that's the thing that i that I often find myself telling people, I tell my mother who grew up in the, the southern, in southern Arkansas, she goes, you know, Melissa, I know people that just, they won't vote for a black man. Mm-hmm. I say, Mom, what's going to happen is, what this co- it's like we're going through a big group therapy or something. It brings these hidden, deep, dark, irrational fears to the surface. To the surface. We have to confront this. Really, are you going to go in that polling booth Knowing that the last eight years have we've slid into economic despair, into our standing in the world is just horrible. Mm -hmm. Are are you really going to push the button for the other guy just because you can't vote for a skin color? That you're going to have to confront your own racism and and your inner racism. I know this from being a homosexual, and sometimes the well, most of the time, the most um, you know, hard people that are, are homophobic, it, it's their own inner homophobia. It's mm-hmm. that they have to come to grips with that. And I think this is going to heal our country. I think we're going to shoot forward in such a huge way. It's going to break through so many old fear boxes that we've been in. Well, I certainly hope so. Melissa Etheridge is with us here. It's the Tom Hartman Show on Air America Radio. I'm Nicole Sandler in for Tom today. Back to tolerance. Tolerance is so important, and I'm hoping that it will, as you said, it's bringing the the discussion out into the open. It's making people confront their fears and their prejudices. Even if they hadn't wanted to believe things about themselves before, it's making them stand up and take notice. Now, you're in, in California. I happen to be in Florida right now now and we both both of our states have constitutional amendments on the ballot dealing with gay marriage you i believe in california it's proposition eight here in florida it's amendment number two a lot of times they put these things on the ballot to try to get those intolerant people out there to vote against you know god forbid the gay people should be allowed to marry and then (laughs) figure that they'll vote for them the republican candidate as well. But because so many people, I believe, are confronting these inner demons and these prejudices, maybe they're taking a step back and saying, wait a minute, what, what am I looking, what am I doing here? Yeah, that's, that's what I'm hoping. And it's, it's, so, it's so sad to see, you know, the movement uh, moving ahead and, and the, you know, the, the, the homosexual movement, the gay movement, or whatever this is, the tolerance movement, 
we get these speed bumps all the time, and this is moving forward. You can't put this back in the box. You can't say equality for some. It doesn't. That's not the way it works. And this will, it will eventually come to pass where gay people will get married. And I know I'm going to tell my grandchildren, oh, the old days mm-hmm. when we were crazy. And, and I know that's coming. And it's hard. The change is hard. And the, the hateful people, the fearful people come out. The Mormon church is pumping millions of dollars into this um, Proposition 8 Ugh. in California. And the, the ads they're running, are they turn my stomach. It's so sad what they're really pushing. And a lot of fearful people may come out and, and pass it. And you know what? But it's just a speed. It will happen. We will have gay marriage. You know, we will have just marriage equality. It's not even gay marriage. It's marriage equality. And, you know, that's racial equality, marriage equality. It's all coming. I, I certainly hope so. I mean, here in Florida, I, I don't know if you remember years ago when I was still in L.A., I adopted my daughter as a single mother. I happened to be straight. It shouldn't make a difference. But here in Florida, it's one of a handful of states in the country that does not allow gay adoptions. They allow yeah. gays to be foster parents. But God forbid you, how dare you try to make it legal? Why should I be allowed to adopt, but a gay couple who can actually provide a two-parent home to a child can't? But again, I, I think it, it's sort of baby steps, and maybe we're moving in the right direction, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. It's fearful people that keeping these things in position. And you see, I mean, Massachusetts, they've had gay marriage now for how many years? And I don't see it falling into the ocean yet. No, know, I, I, don't, I don't. didn't see the world explode. I didn't haven't, see... haven't met a, a straight couple that said it's hurt their marriage or anything. Right. No, you know, no. It, these are just changes, and these are big changing times. And I have, I have faith and hope in our, in our country. I believe in our, in our people, and I believe in our democracy, and I believe in our Constitution completely. Oh, I do too, and it's great to hear you say that. You have an event coming up Wednesday night in Cleveland. When we last spoke, you you were on my radio show with me in Miami. Uh, along, I, I don't know that you knew I was going to have Dennis Kucinich on as well, and I, I kind of yeah. did a three-way call. Um, and you were a big supporter of Dennis's in the, in the primary, and you're doing an evening of conversation with Dennis and Elizabeth Kucinich Wednesday, October 22nd, and all the details are on your website. But what's this about? Well, thank you for that. This is about Dennis Kucinich. He is one of the most important members of Congress that we have right now. There are very few, a handful of progressive congressmen and senators out there. And so often I'm disappointed in my Democratic Party when they go to the center, when they go conservative, when they're moderate, when they when they vote fear. And when they just do the right political thing rather than yes. the right thing. The right, exactly. When they just lay down, it, it makes me crazy. Mm-hmm. And Dennis is so important to have there in Congress. Now, you're already looking forward to uh, the holidays. You've got a new album out, huh? Yeah, I've got a Christmas album. It's a holiday album. It's it's called A New Thought for Christmas. It's along the same line as, as we were just speaking, you know, the this, this sort of politics and music and spirit, it all combines into one. And there's, uh, this, this album has like uh, five sort of standard tracks, some rock and roll, uh, some Blue Christmas, some, you know, Baby Please Come Home, these um, you know, Christmas tracks. And then I wrote some new songs with a lot of this spirit in mind, and it's one of the reasons I wanted to do a Christmas album because some of the things I've been, you know, since I've gone through cancer and since I've uh, been out there the last few years, sort of this this new thought that I have come to know and come to be, and it it is uh, on my album. So it's a lot of different stuff. It's sort of a Christmas album for the rest of us, <laughs> outside of that sort of religiosity that gets involved sometimes. Because I know people like the holiday season; mm-hmm. they don't always like to, you know, get caught up in all the dogma that that comes around it. And the truth is the holidays were there long before Christianity was even born. You know, we've had this, this, um, holiday, the, the winter solstice, it, it, we've always celebrated at this time. So I'm, I'm trying to sort of bring that about. Right. And embracing the peace on earth aspect of, of the Christmas season. That's and right. I if we're that. talking about peace, if, you know, why just 
do a platitude of oh peace on earth. No, it's it's let's really concentrate on it. Let's spend this time of year concentrating on peace on earth. So we're actually um, there's a song on it called Ring the Bells mm-hmm. that I uh, wrote with uh, this. Uh, he's a Sufi Muslim from Pakistan, and his name is Salman Ahmed, and he has a band called Janoon, and they're like the U2 of the the Muslim world. Wow. And I met him at the uh, peace, the Nobel Peace Prize concert for Al Gore, mm-hmm. and we got together and we wrote this song together, and it's about peace. It's about bridging past our differences and understanding that we are human beings and we we are here to take care of this earth and and to throw the fear away. And once I I understood the Muslim world, it's a beautiful, beautiful religion and spirituality, and yet they have their crazy fundamentalists just like we do. Just like the Christian religion does. Just like we do. go figure. And it's the same basic hope for the world and for humankind. And we come together, and we've made this song, and um, Deepak Chopra has uh, adopted it with his Alliance for New Humanity, and we're going to come, we're going to do a uh, Ring the Bells for Peace Day, which is December 21st. If you go to the website, ringthebellsforpeace.com, oh, it might be .org, I, I don't know. I I'll find it, and I'll put Please, the link I'm up, sorry. too. No problem. <laughs> it's so confusing. But um, if you go to that website, you'll find it, it's, it's December 21st, it's the Winter Solstice, all around the world, we're going to bring Hindus and Jews and Muslims and Christians and anybody of any age and faith. We're all going to ring the bells on that day to try to, to, try to bring um, forth unity. And, uh, and hopefully we'll have a new president then and a new beginning here in this country and try to bring us back from the abyss that we've been sunk into over the last we 10 years. Will. We will. We will. I think we had to go to this deep, dark bottom to know how much we have, to, how far we have to go and what yeah. we have to do. Yeah. All right, Melissa Etheridge, thank you so much for uh, for talking to me today. Uh, it's a great honor for me to sit in Tom Hartman's seat or speak oh, into I his proverbial Tom Hartman, ma- microphone. Just, I'm very honored to be on his show and to be with you. And thank you for all to all the wonderful people that listen and are making change in the world. Keep it up. You're not alone. I know sometimes it feels that way. <laughs> You're not alone. We, there's more of us than you know. We're making a change. And And we're going to make our voices heard on November 4th, loud and clear, not only here, but around the world. Yes, we are. That was October 16th, 2008. Melissa Etheridge was my guest. The very first time I ever guest hosted for Tom Hartman on Air America Radio. The station I had been working for, I was doing mornings on WINZ, 940 Winds in Miami. And the Friday before the Democratic Convention, after I got off the air, they fired me. They were getting ready to change format to sports because that's what South Florida needed, you know. Anyway, that was 2008. Melissa Etheridge. I'm Nicole Sandler. I'm out today. And, well, we're celebrating Melissa Etheridge because that's where I am. I'm going to see her in concert here in South Florida. So I thought I'd share with you some of our conversations from over the 35 years that she's been making music, that I've been lucky enough to know her and uh, interview her a number of times. So I thought I'd share with you a bit of music. (laughs) I've spoken with Melissa in both of my radio lives, both doing progressive talk radio and doing music radio. My last music radio job was program director of 92.5 The River, a station in the Boston radio market, but it was actually in a cute little town called Haverhill, Massachusetts. It was December 16th. 2003. It is a special day here at 92.5 The River. We've been listening to her music and enjoying it since way back in 1988. And uh, she's still going strong, and we're happy about that. Melissa Etheridge, hey. thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. This is your first visit here, huh? Yes. I love this town. Welcome. Isn't it cool? I want to go shopping. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Right, we're done. We'll go shopping. All right. As I said, your first album came out Back in 1988, and you were doing that. something very different at the time because that, your your music wasn't really what was happening out there. No, it wasn't. And I remember hearing the strains of Bring Me Some Water coming from uh, the other office back at a radio station in Los mm. Angeles. Went, mm-hmm. Wow, mm-hmm. what is that? And uh, it kind of started a whole new thing. Well, it's been, it's been good. I think, um, you know, Chris Blackwell signed me. And by his belief in me, he was very, very strong in his belief of... of presenting myself very truthfully and real 
Um, and always sticking to that, it, it has allowed me to just stand on my feet and do what I do. And, and I'm still doing it 15 years later. Uh, and you've done, you've sort of gone full circle because, you know, you started out playing in little clubs in mm-hmm. Long Beach and uh, just you and a guitar. And then you went the whole big band route. And mm-hmm. it was a couple of years ago you went out just you and a guitar again. Oh, that was really interesting because I had I've been on this journey, been on this road of from starting out in very small clubs mm-hmm. with me and the bartender and the bouncer and, <laughs> and you know, then played huge uh, arenas. And it was like, you know, the, the dream. And then it's like, okay, now, now I want a career. I want this to last. I want success. And I know that I, you know, it, it, it's like waves. It comes and goes. So, um, when I went out on the solo tour, it was like reconnecting and it reaffirmed my connection with the audience and that, that the real love there is about the music is about the voice and just, just being there and being real. Well, and, and it's the true mark of a great song, too, is when you can just do it one person alone with a guitar on a stage and make it happen, and, and you do that. Yeah, that's important. That's the, the one criteria for the craft that I do. Well, and that's how you're here today. Melissa Etheridge is with us in the River Music Hall. There's a new album coming out in just a couple of months, and we'll get to that. Yeah. But uh, you're going to start with, with one of the old ones. Huh? One of the old ones. One of the old ones that uh, has done me well, I guess I have to say. Just to listen to your breath I would stand inside my hell And hold the hand of death You don't know how far I'd go To ease this precious ache You don't know how much I'd give Or how much I can take Just to reach you Just to reach you That has seeped into my chest I need you in my blood I am forsaking all the rest Just to reach you Just to reach you Applause Thank you coming so from much. out in the lobby. It's Melissa Etheridge live in the River Music Hall on 92.5 The River. It's so good to hear you. Oh, it's so and good to be you. here. Um, all right, so album number nine? Is no, album number eight. Album number, well, not including... Not including the, the DVD, huh? And the live, the live. No, including the DVD, it's nine. One, Boy, two, you're... three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, this will be nine. 
I see. Including Live and Alone. Live and Alone. That's what you're counting as the DVD. Because I was like, wait a minute now. I think it's just eight, <laughs> eight, okay, eight CDs and one DVD make okay. nine. Yes. Uh, you know, I won't argue with you. New technology. Okay. <laughs> um, so Lucky is the, the title of the forthcoming album. Is yes. that how you're feeling right now? Oh, I tell you, you know, <laughs> it's it's been a journey and it's been great and I've been blessed and I've learned and the last few years have been about learning about myself and learning um, about relationships and mm-hmm. oh, what's, what the real thing is and the last album was a chronicling, chronicling, not, I don't think that's a word. It was, it was um, putting together uh, the experience of a relationship uh, dissolving. Skin. Yes, skin. And in the last three years, I have fallen in love. I have found myself. I can stand on my feet. I have been blessed with so many things in the last three years. And this album is definitely a reflection of it. So I, I had to call it lucky. That's great. And... Um, Parenthood, you're, you're, yeah. you know, things have changed so much since 1988, haven't they? <sighs> so much, but I, but I'm glad I, I wouldn't want to be the same no. person I was when I was 27. You know, that's it's, it's different. So how, how is it raising two kids? It's delightful. You mm-hmm. know, you know, you've got a child of your own, and you know that the children, they bring clarity, mm-hmm. they bring uh, purpose. It's, you know, it's, it, uh, it's been great. Uh, having a career and having success and finding all this out. But boy, to see it through my kids' eyes, to see the world through my kids' eyes, to care about the world because I have children in the world is is probably the biggest eye-opener that I've had. Yeah, it puts things in a whole different perspective. Oh, yes. Um, is, is with the release of the new album, you have, um, well, the, the album is going to hit stores on February 10th. Yeah. So we still have a little bit of time. Uh, bit. We're, we've got one taste of it so far that we're going to play yeah. off the record at the, uh-huh. at the end of this. Um, but you've got some shows planned right around the release date. Oh, yeah. Um, starting February 17th, going through March 28th. And I see Los Angeles, San Francisco, Anaheim, Denver, Chicago, Washington, D.C. Nothing about Boston oh, 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 anywhere. Oh, oh. If you notice as you go through those cities that mm-hmm. it's moving from the west to the okay. east. And it doesn't end in March. Nothing <laughs> ends. Oh, no, no, no. We just, um, you know, it's cold in February. It's cold now, uh-huh. okay? So I, I, I've toured this country a few times. I like to start in the west in the winter, uh-huh. so that by the time I do come to Boston mm-hmm. in April, okay. when I will be seeing you and some of your wonderful listeners, I hope, um, yeah, I'm coming to Boston in April. Absolutely. Okay. We're, we're finishing it, you know, booking it right now as we speak. Okay. Well, yeah. I, I figure that was coming. You were heading west. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a club tour, too. That I, so yeah, I'm gonna, I see you're doing multiple uh, nights. Yeah. Oh, that's so you're going to do a club here as yeah. well? That's going to yeah. continue. Yes. Oh, very cool. It'll be like four nights. And it'll just be rock and roll. I've got the rockinest band this year. I'm so excited. This album has a lot of rock and roll on it. Mm-hmm. You haven't heard it, have no, you? No, all oh, I've heard so is you breathe. need to hear it. Yeah. yeah. No, you need to hear it because it, there's it. It's it's rock and roll. There's a lot of the root stuff that I started with 15 years ago. It's really strong, and I'm very excited to get back and into these clubs and do it this way, kind of with a you know general admission audience mm-hmm. and couple of drinks and we're all going to have a good time. Great. Everyone <laughs> up close and personal. Up close and very personal and sweaty, I promise. Oh, right. Yes. Well, that's Melissa Etheridge you're listening to. She's with us here live in the River Music Hall. You got guitar in hand. What are you going to do for us next? Well, you. the last time I talked to you just a few minutes ago, you were like, well, can we get a couple songs? And mm-hmm. so, uh, all right, I was going to, I'll do the Christmas one later. That only takes a minute. All but right. uh, um, can I do a new song for Please, you here? Yeah, I would love it. Here on the river. The, the name of the album is Lucky. And so this is the title track and also the first tune on the album. It's called Lucky. I want to see how lucky Lucky can be Yeah Smile. Said, get ready. 
live in the River Music Hall, Lucky, the title track of the forthcoming album that we'll be able to hear in its entirety on February 10th. Absolutely. All right, looking forward to it. In a little bit, we're going to play um, Breathe, which is yeah. the first single, which we've been playing here quite a bit. I'll ask cool. you about that, too. Now, it is that time of year again. Uh, how, how is Christmas around your house? Y- you know, it, it's funny. My children definitely aren't, uh, they don't want for anything, really. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I try not to spoil them, but I certainly have fun with them. And um, so Christmas time, the holiday time, is, is a lot about the stuff. It's a lot about the putting up of the tree mm-hmm. and, and the decorating and the thinking of other people and the, uh, uh, the sugar and the, <laughs> the food. And, and so it's kind of a Christmas time. My kids really get into that and I love that. And Christmas for me is going home, being home and celebrating it with them. That's great. Uh, are your kids musical? Uh-huh. That is the question. You think, the funny thing is, I'll never know whether it's environmental or hereditary mm-hmm. because they have it both, both ways, ways yeah. and um uh, of course you know i i think my children are just supremely talented but what mother doesn't so um <laughs> they they are surrounded by music and uh-huh. they love music and they have beautiful little voices and we sing all the time all the time so oh, yeah great. sure they're musical um, all right. So as we come upon the end of the year, you know, it's a time to think about, all right, wishes for the new year. What are your best wishes for oh. 2004? Well, my personal wishes are to kind of ha- have a better connection with myself, to to treat this body in a healthy way. I got to mm-hmm. spend the rest of my life here and I certainly need to not eat as much sugar as I do and things like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I think that's it. On a grander scale, I certainly wish for peace and understanding in our world yeah there's a lot of stuff going on that's a good one yeah all right you are gonna do a holiday song i am it's that time and driving through your town oh your town drips of holiday it's just it's fabulous it's a very uh christmasy place so you better watch out Mm. better not cry you better not pout i am telling you why coming to town Santa Claus is coming to town Santa Claus is coming to town He's making a list He's checking it twice and he's gonna find out who's naughty and who's nice Santa Claus is coming to town If you're awake And it knows If you've been bad A good son You better be good For goodness sake oh, You better watch out And you better not cry You better not cry I am telling you why Santa Claus is coming to town Yeah, yeah Santa Claus is coming to town Oh, Santa Claus 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Melissa Etheridge on 92.5, The River Alive and The River Music Hall. That one I'm going to have to dub on CD because it's my daughter's favorite song well, these days. Well, there you go. So we'll have that version cool. playing in the car. Melissa Etheridge in The River Music Hall. Thank you so much for coming in. Always a pleasure to see you, Nicole. That was 20 years ago, Melissa Etheridge. I did talk with her just a couple of weeks ago. We recorded an interview, which I'll be sharing soon, when we launch the new project I'm working on called Women Who Rock. Meanwhile, we'll finish up today's show with another visit. I spoke with Melissa Etheridge by phone. This time, it was in the last couple of years of the Obama administration. The date was December 1st. 2014. I'm so excited to uh, once again speak with Melissa Etheridge. Uh, and I got to say, I'm so glad we're doing it today and didn't do it Friday morning, because now I have the experience of seeing your show Friday night. And wow, wow. <laughs> what what an amazing show. And, I, and this comes from someone who's seen you. I don't even know how many times. I've seen you at least half a dozen times over the years, at least. And and I and and you always put on a great concert, Melissa, but this was something different. That's what I'm trying to say to people. It's like if you even if you've seen me a hundred times, you've never seen me like this. <laughs> no. And I, as I was explaining to your, your beautiful wife who I had the opportunity to meet, you know, she said, Oh, thank you for being so supportive of Melissa. I'm like, Are you kidding? I said I've been a fan the that very first album. I remember it still so clearly <laughs> that I was sitting in my office and at the time I think I was a promotion director of K and X F M in Los Angeles and mm-hmm. heard mm-hmm. something coming out of Rick Shaw's office. He was the music director. And it stopped me in my tracks, and I walked in there. I'm like, what is this? And it was, bring me some water. (laughs) So we have spoken so many times over the years with each subsequent record. And obviously since 1987, 88, I think is when that came out, right? The first album? Yeah, 88. Right? And and through KLOS and KSCA. And I mean, I can look at your career along with the radio stations I've been at. And, and, you know, there's, there's been uh, the Melissa Etheridge music that we know and love. And that's sort of, you know, what I expect from you. And with this new album called This Is Me, um, it is you. It's all those things, but a new dimension. And that's something that artists who've been doing it for so long, you have to do. You have to find a way to do what you do, but sort of reinvent yourself also, don't you? Yeah, and I figured instead of reinventing myself from the outside, I would reinvent myself from the inside. That I would go in and go, okay, what do I love? What am I? What little secrets am I hiding that I haven't really burst out of me? And part of it was to get more to get closer to the urban feel, to mm-hmm. that feel I grew up in Kansas when I would listen to Motown, would listen to, you know, the soul music from Commodores and Ohio Players and the thrill I would get and the, that kind of music and infusing it in rock and roll that it can. I mean, I call this, well, what I'm doing, I call it urban rock. Uh-huh. That it's, the, and, and it all comes from the same place. It all comes from, you know, Little Richard and, Chuck Berry and you know James Brown and that's where it comes from and and so I I just went with it and pulled in all my country roots too oh, you know pulled in uh-huh. you know there's you know I've got the uh, take my number little bit of me you know those songs are also yet they have that beat that rhythm and and I, I it's just kind of taking the things I love taking the things that thrilled me on the inside and recording them and you know just you know putting up the flame and, and letting it go. Yeah. Now, there's also a difference in the business side of it, as we know. I mean, my goodness, this business has changed, um, yeah. <laughs> right, since we first met all those years ago oh, uh, to today, whether it's radio industry or the record industry, both sides of it have, have completely changed. And technology had a lot to do with it, as mm-hmm. did, you know, the big corporate um you know, the oligarchical world that we unfortunately live in right now, it, it's like yeah. everything is consolidated into a few hands who seem that their only goal is to make more and more money at, the, you know, <laughs> damned be yeah. everyone who contributes to us making that money. We're going to make the money. So right. the radio industry has changed so much that, that there's really no home for me on the airwaves anymore. So I started yeah. my own thing. That's radio or not. You, Melissa, took charge after so many years. You were on Island Records. Um, yeah. You were with one management company. Everything has changed. In fact, this is me, 
ME for Melissa Etheridge, which are just such great initials, yeah. is also on ME Records. This is your baby, yeah. really your baby, like for the first time? Yeah, yeah. I looked, it was last year, last summer, the summer of 2013, that I just took a, just a big, long look at my life and my career. I had really come to a place personally where I, I felt like I was I had finally gotten that together then I said well let me do the same in my professional career because I felt like you know w- within Island Records and Universal they were comfortable with me just being a, a little you know piece of their thing and it, we, we, we kind of just I call it flatlining which kind of means dying but <laughs> what I mean is plateauing I think right what I think. you know they figured and you've I got think, your following you've got your built-in yeah. audience and you'll keep doing what good. you do and yeah and they'll make money and, and yeah they'll be, happy they'll be good uh, right yeah and so and I um I said I want I want to I want to play the game I want to push the envelope I want to excite people I want to get people you know talking about music and and about my music and and wanting to see the live shows which is what I do, what I live for, is those live shows. I love playing. Yes, Bring yes. Me Some Waters over 25 right. years old. I love playing that song. I love watching the people dance. I want to bring my live show to as many people as want to hear it. And, and to get people excited is what it's about. So I changed the, the structure of my, um, my business to, instead of it being, okay, all the all the promotion, everything is going to go into selling this product of an album on, you know, a, a label where, where they own it. I am now going to own the product and the product is going to really be there to push me, the person and the investment makes goes into me and all the, the money goes back into me. So right. it, it's, it's a different, it's a different way of looking at the career and, and, and what the end goals are. And with that, you know, a lot of artists will take control and, and, but, but again, you don't have the, you know, the big bank of the the big corporation behind you, whether it's in touring support or, you know, promotional support or anything. So I got to say, frankly, when I I got the CD and thank you, I I opened it Mm -hmm. up and I was blown away by, first of all, you know, now people can, you can download music, you can get it from iTunes, you can, you don't have to buy the physical CD. I still love physical CDs. Yeah. And one of the reasons is, I love the booklet, I love the liner notes, I love, and I got it, yeah. I mean, this album, the the packaging alone, for the pictures alone, and how did I know uh-huh. you'd have, with all the pictures in there, there had to be a one, one of you and Bruce together. <laughs> of course. Of, of course. course. This is me. This is you, <laughs> and I know you and I share that. We're both huge Springsteen fans, and we talked about oh, when yeah. you got to, to to sing Thunder Road with him, oh my God. Um, ah. But even the picture, and like, I hate to call it a centerfold, but the centerfold of the, the CD booklet of you sitting in that rock and roll t-shirt, very young. <laughs> Melissa Etheridge. That's is me that in Long, Long Beach. Beach? Like, I had a feeling like it was Long Beach. Wow. You know, 83, right around there. Wow. I mean, it's yeah. awesome. You can, I can just feel that this is so you. The, the, the album title is the perfect title. Because you're finally, mm. this is of you and for yeah. you and about you. I mean, this is you uh, taking ownership of all of it. And, and it's wonderful. Yeah. So I want to ask you about... The band members, because you have a, you know, in tours past, you had a group mm-hmm. of people who were with you for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- these guys are new. Yeah. What I did was uh, ha- having the experience of making this record, it was so different because usually you get a certain amount of money up front for the record company. You take that money, you go into the studio with a producer, you take these songs you've written, boom, you're in there a couple of weeks, you make a record, thank you very much. Now the money is not up front you go to a producer musician who has their own little computer studio. And, and when I say little, I mean little, right. like they're in closets and things. Right. And it could be and, on a laptop. I mean, they've got everything yeah. right there. Yeah. Everything right there. And you meet with them and you create. So there's a lot of co-creating. Mostly the, the co-creating was, was either drums like uh, Jared Bettis would come to me with, you know, just drum beats, like uh, Take My Number mm-hmm. and a little bit of me. They were just like sketches. And, and then I would take those songs and write, you know, lyric and melody and really flesh them out. To working with John Levine, 
that was more we would start with a beat and then he and I would work musically because he's he's an excellent keyboard a piano player just a wonderful musician and we create these beds of music then I would go and take them and write the music and lyrics mm -hmm. to when I worked with Jerry Wanda in New York I just went in there and we created words music beats sounds vocals everything boom one day right there it's done song is done and that was astounding. The, the experience of working with Jerry Wanda was, was magical for me, so much so that I loved the community that I asked him to come join me on the road. Right, and, and he played so he, bass, and wow, I mean, it adds another whole dimension to the show. He's amazing. He was yeah. a Fuji uh -huh. for all those years, worked with Wyclef and, and Lauren Hill, and you know, he's just been, and he's produced so many you know, records, and he... Um, it really took a lot for him to say, yes, I will dedicate and go on tour with you. And, and it is just, he, he uh, Arden, Brandon, and the background singers all come from from Platinum Sound, his studio. Hmm. And I kept my drummer, uh, Blair Sinta. He's been with me for about five years now. And so um, that's, the, that's the sound now. And it's got this, you know, Blair and I are rock, and, the, and they're urban, and so it's this, wonderful urban rock uh gorgeous mix-up that just people lose their minds <laughs> it it just works and and the backup singers that's something new for you but i think it totally. gives you a little more freedom right because i mean ever i've always you sing and you sing with so much everything so much gusto so much and all i know i know i saw they it was a little chilly when you were here on friday night and they kept bringing yeah. i guess tea or something and i i always thought my god i don't know how she does this she's got to strain her voice it gives you an extra added dimension but also allows you i think a little more latitude that you don't have to sing every note so that you can do some yes. other things too yes i don't have to sell every chorus so right. hard that, that usually the, the, the trouble with me being the only voice was, was I would sing the verses and then I'd want the choruses to sold. So I, I pushed that extra bit. Right. Now I don't have to, right. and it saves my voice uh -huh. and it, it adds just a dimension where that I can let them do that. And I can go even higher and push it. It, it just creates this whole other level that I can go to, and it's it's just wonderful. Yeah, it really works. You know, I was thinking as I was watching the show on Friday night, and just, you are the rock star. I mean, you're so, uh, all the times we've talked over the years, Melissa, you've never been anything but uh, open and friendly and just a, just a, like a regular, like a girlfriend. I mean, I, I've always <laughs> felt that with you. And, and I know, you know, you were in Florida, it was Thanksgiving weekend and you mentioned your, your kids were out and all I kept thinking is, and your older kids, they're now teenagers, right? They're yeah. right. My daughter is now 15 and I know yours are a year or two older than 16 mine. And 17, she'll wow. Be it goes fast, doesn't it? Oh my goodness. Yes, how it, it flies. I remember when we yes. were, I, I still remember first out of not knowing and asking what do you know your kids call you are you both mom <laughs> right because how things yeah. have changed in the last 15 yeah. 20 years right um yeah. and but i kept thinking you know your kids know you as mom you're you're just mom but do, yep. do they realize that you're a rock star and and or is it just normal to them you know i it was funny because after one of the shows we were riding on the bus with my kids and the little ones had gone to sleep and the big ones were out front with me and we're riding along and I, I just said, Hey, is it weird having me as your mom? <laughs> <laughs> and my daughter, who's just so kind and smart and intelligent and wonderful. She, she said, mom, I, I don't know any other right. mom. This, this is normal for me because this is what you do. I've known this since I was born. That right. This is who this you is are. And you that's do. just my mom and that's right. my family. And this is what you do. And it's, I don't know. It's weird because I don't know anything else, you know? That's that's normal so, for that's them. That's nice. That's, yeah. Right. Yeah, so it's normal. Are, are they mm -hmm. musical at all? They are. Uh, they they have a... It's funny because they, they don't ever think that they're very talented because oh. they are constantly comparing themselves to, you know, those around them mm -hmm. who, you know, are, are some amazing professional musicians. And yet they um, music is a big part of our lives because it's the way we have all, you know, communicated and expressed with each other. Um, there, uh, my littlest, tiniest little Johnny Rose is the only one who kind of gets stars in her eyes and goes, Oh, I want to be a singer, that sort of Aww. thing. The others have, you know, dreams of, they don't have that dream of, you know, I want to be, you know, in the music business at all. 
and I'm I'm guessing that you're happy about that. Well, you know, I think the, the it's a hard part life, it right? It's I mean, it's not easy. It's a very you know, there's there's no bunch of glamour to it at all. You know, it, that this is this is hard work. This is you know, I dedicate my my life. My you know, as we're rolling along the road in a bus, this is mm-hmm. what we do, and it's not glamorous. It's it's a real you know job. Yet I love what I do, and and I love it so much. And that's the dedication you have to have to it. Right. Absolutely. One last thing. I got to, you, you know, mm-hmm. I live in Florida, duh, and we had, mm-hmm. you know, we're behind the times here. Florida is, <laughs> we, uh, there's a reason I call it, we call it Florida for, for good reasons, <laughs> right? Um, but in a lead up to the, the very uh, sad elections we just had, mm-hmm. I got an mm-hmm. email from you one day, and it, uh, it wasn't from <laughs> you, it was from, uh, United for Care, which is the group yeah. that got Florida's Amendment 2 on the ballot. And it was a lovely yeah. letter from you about coming out in support of the constitutional amendment for medical marijuana in Florida. And you talked in this letter very openly about how when you had breast cancer and you turned to marijuana, it helped ease the nausea and the pain. And mm-hmm. sadly, I mean, of course, it's Florida, the only state where this uh, a ballot issue can get 58% of the vote and lose yeah, because we yeah. need 60% here in Florida. Um, and it, it's just so sad, but so cool of you to to join in that and, and be heard on that. We'll and get the good there. News is, yeah, the good news is it was 58% of you. That's amazing. Yep, in a very conservative state like Florida, it means that the majority really does see that this is this is a good medicine that our society can loosen up some of its old-fashioned fears about it and understand that it can be very helpful to our culture, to our society, and to many, many people. And, you know, it, it, we considered it, even though it needed 60 to pass, we considered it a, a huge victory because it was 58%, yep. and that, that that's awesome. But I'll tell you the really sad thing is before – the election season with all the advertising, you know, got into full swing, approval in Florida was at something like 68%. And then Sheldon Adelson dumped five and a half million dollars into the Florida media, a Vegas casino guy dumped five and a half million dollars into Florida to run ads against this and and colored you know, some people who are impressionable, I guess. And, and yeah. you know, he just just his money so dwarfed the United yeah. We Care uh, message. Yeah, but no it'll happen in two years. But still, this is two yeah. years of people who are going to be suffering for no uh, good reason at all. Indeed. Well, they're suffering because alcohol and tobacco is very scared. And that's <laughs> right what it is. It's the alcohol and tobacco interest, and that's why Sheldon Adelson uh, poured in all that. Because to him, $5.5 million is about a quarter to, to me. Right? Yeah. We talked about how the industries that we work in have changed so much in the last two decades. Well, everything has. Our political system to politics, unfortunately, when we thought it couldn't get worse, it does. Um, but, <laughs> you know, look, I think one of the last uh, couple of times ago we spoke was what you had played at... Um, uh, the president's inauguration, and wow, that's six years ago already. So, right? And, yeah. I mean, how time yeah. Or was it the DNC? Is what it was, not the inauguration, right? Yeah, yeah, that two thousand eight. Yeah. Yeah, and so and and so here we go again. And uh, I'll ask you one last question: Any preferences for for twenty sixteen? Well, at this point, you know, I'm just everyone I talk to is looking at Hillary. So you know, I'm Hillary is so far until I, I see other choices. Hillary's my choice. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll put it out there. Bernie Sanders is going to run. Um, oh. Yeah. And we need somebody uh, to, you know, as a, a friend, my friend Dave Johnson, who was on my show today, he's like, look, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm neutral on Hillary. But, uh, yeah. you know, my whole thing is we have a primary process in this country for a reason. And if yeah. it is Hillary Clinton, that, that's fine. I don't want her anointed. I want her elected. And I hope exactly. we have voices from the left to push her. And so my, my yeah. ultimate dream is that we get not only Bernie Sanders, who's already made noises that he will run, but also Elizabeth Warren, uh, because I think that would, that would be my uh, ultimate. Um, although it's been a while since I've been really happy with anybody in politics. If right. those two <laughs> got in the race and pulled Hillary yeah. Clinton a bit to the left and made her see that yeah. we are a progressive nation, 
Um, yeah. I think that can only be good for us. And either way, I love that that you do get involved and that you do speak out because I think it's important yeah. that people who have an audience use their voice to, to say what they think. So I, I thank you for that as well. Thank you so much. Love you, Nicole. Melissa Etheridge, that conversation from December of 2014. Yeah, just a couple of years before the 2016 elections. We've gone full circle. All right, I'll be back live Monday. Have a great weekend, everyone. Happy Mother's Day. Bye.